With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello and welcome to County Cricket Natter's 2022 pre-season podcast. It kind of is odd saying that in March, but hey, that's how the ECB rides and we're just steering that sinking ship for them. Anyway, it's here and... I am personally delighted as it's been a long winter, but let's hope it's not the last one we see in two divisions with 18 counties. I'm here with Dan and Sam and with our special guest, Dan Norcross. Anyway, let's go on and have a look at Division 1, Dan. Yeah, 10 sides in Division 1 this year. We've got Essex, Kent, Yorkshire, Gloucestershire, Somerset, North Hants, Lancashire, Hampshire, Surrey and the reigning champions, Warwickshire. And I think it's one of the most open championships in years. I think there's six sides who are capable of winning this. I don't think uh, Kent will do much and I think North Hants have probably got a few issues in their dressing room at the moment, which isn't the ideal way of starting the season. Uh, I don't think Yorkshire will do much, and I don't think Surrey will win it. But I think Essex, Somerset, Lancashire, Hampshire, Warwickshire have all got a chance. And don't discount Gloucestershire. They're the dark horses this year. What do you think? Dan Norcross. Oh, hello. It's lovely, it's lovely, it's lovely to have joined you. It's a genuine honour, and it's lovely to see you all. And uh, Can I firstly say... What a brilliant thing you do, both in making County Cricket Matters and making the, the podcast. Um, and it's never it's never more vital, frankly, than right now, as I'm sure we will discuss uh, mm-hmm. at some point over the next 40 minutes or so. Um, look, 
I'm a Surrey fan, and so I normally expect them to do badly because that's the way a, a sane fan always approaches the start of the season. Otherwise, deep and dreadful disappointment just comes in too quick. And Surrey do indeed generally start quite poorly, and their last couple of seasons have been dreadful. But, Dan Whiting, what I would say to you is that with the Red Bull reset, magnificently ignoring Surrey players for once, looks to me like they might have Rory Burns back, the captain of their title-winning side in 2018. Both Currens knocking about, both now finding fitness. Sam Curran back, fit, I think Tom's still injured. Tom's still injured, but we'd, mm. we'd hope to see him during the season. Um, mm-hmm. Ollie Pope discarded after being messed around with by English coaches to the point when he'd started batting on middle stump, whereby he had a first-class average of 60 and for some bizarre reason is now batting at first slip. Um, <laughs> And still getting nicked off and then bowled behind his legs. So hopefully back in the warm bosom of Surrey, he will be able to find those runs. The average is over 60. Well, he's way over 60. The average is about 85 at the Oval, I think. Um, so they've got batting that they didn't previously have in the last couple of seasons that will be available. They will also have Jamie Smith, who is mm. one of my emerging players of the year to look out for. He is a guy with a proper technique and a proper temperament, partly because he's not yet played for England, so he hasn't been <laughs> <Yeah>. destroyed. <laughs> so Surrey's batting is starting to hold up. It's starting to look like they've got five or six in that top six that can do stuff, and they've got their all-rounders coming back, and they have Kimar Roach. So I would say that they're someone to look out for. Um, I'd be very surprised if Warwick should do back-to-backs. I don't see that happening. Sorry, Dan, you were going to say. Yeah, I think with Surrey, I think uh, trying to bowl sides out twice at the Oval, if the pitches are as flat as they were last season, I think that might be a real issue for them. Um, I think you're right about Warwickshire. I think uh, Warwickshire did quite well there. Chris Wokes back there towards the end of last season. I think he might be rested for a while. But I'm interested to see from the West Country duo with Annie and Sam, can Somerset bring the title back to Taunton? We say this every year. Yeah. Um, well, you see, I, I'm interested that Dan says any sane fan just um, discounts their count because every year I go, Somerset are going to win, Somerset are going to win this season. <laughs> no, that must be it. Somerset haven't made many changes at all, actually. They're, they're ones that have made the fewest changes, I think. Uh, um, but, yeah, we've got a, a, we're really relying on our, our youth, definitely. Um, but we've got the input of uh, Siddle. Which I think is interesting, actually. It depends how, how much um, Craig's going to be out um, taking the drinks out for England, really, I suppose. Siddle's a brilliant buy. I mean, yeah. He's superb at Essex. Well, he's, he's, he's done a few counties now, hasn't he? So it's Somerset's turn. So. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, what he bowls? He bowls the absolutely perfect county length. He's kind of like the available Scott Boland, who would <laughs> tear up trees in this country if, if somebody could sign him up. I think Siddle is a genius yeah, no, I'm I'm delighted to have him come down actually, um, and we still have Hildreth, and we've got um, a a really good, talented lo- load of youngsters. Uh, is there anyone you're looking at, Sam? I'm still reeling, to be honest, that Dan didn't Dan Whiting that is didn't manage to shoehorn Middlesex into the race for the first division of the county championship. I can't quite believe that. Look, we know where my allegiances lie in the West Country. I'm always, every year, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be the year, we're going to win it. I think Cyril's a brilliant signing. He They missed that last year. Actually, we all know how they fell apart in September. There was a lot to do with the batting there, which was effectively non-existent. But also they missed, as soon as 
Lewis Gregory was out with a back injury and Craig was away. And so actually they were really short on bowlers. I mean, we haven't talked about Essex at all yet. Much might depend on the, you know, you talk about April, but whether how much Harmer is available in that early season, what they missed. So he's back. He was with in the test squad. He hasn't been playing. What they did, I mean, they had a poor year by their standards last year, or certainly the first half. They didn't qualify for the top division. They did really well in Division 2, but one would expect them to do that. They've got Matt Critchley in that middle order. That's perhaps where they were missing, particularly with Tendershaw to then retiring, someone to shore up the middle order. Cook's always going to score runs. Wesley had quite a good season. They just know how to win, you know. Porter, Sam Cook, it's easy. It sounds like a bit of a cop-out to say Essex, but they just have... They know how to win titles. They brought Stachete in for Siddle for the first six county championship games. And let's be honest, Harmer can win any match on his own. It's so key is Harmer because you know, I've watched and commentated, some, some might say, too many games at Chelmsford. I like Chelmsford, but it's a very, very small box. Yes. Um, uh, what you always find is that I don't, I don't know a side that plays better at home than Essex. They are absolutely supreme at Chelmsford. They know exactly mm. how that pitch plays. They never get overexcited if they've bowled a side out for 80 on the first day because they know they'll probably be bowled out for 100 on the next day and that the third innings will score 300. They don't panic. They know exactly how that surface plays. They've got the perfect bowlers for it in Porter, um, Aaron Beard, you know, Sam Cook. They've got these wonderful, wonderful county seamers who are never going to get picked for England, rightly or wrongly. No point in arguing about it. They won't be. So they've got this wonderful continuity. Um, and they and do. they've got Cook. And they've got, well, they have got Sir Alistair Cook, unless anyone can coax him out of retirement to come and do a brilliant <laughs> job. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. They're my tip for the title, Essex. Uh, as we said, they've got a result wicket. You get results at Chelmsford. And they've got the, the bowlers to exploit the conditions, as Dan just said, in Sam Cook, the little chef, and Jamie Porter. And Alistair, they back their batsman, Alistair Cook, and uh, the top order there to score more runs than the opposition. But I think the beauty of the county champ... Sorry, Dan. I was just to say, Nick Brown is, one of, for me, one of the most underrated openers in county cricket. Never really gets talked about. Alex Lee's got parachuted into the England side down to go and play it's in the Because he's got a boring name, Dan. That's why. I think it. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's also they don't trust him because he was sort of out of cricket for a few years. Mm. So he came, he went, and then came back, and he's yeah. incredibly dull to watch. But you know, it's exactly what England. Dull to watch, dull name. It's they never won't, make they it. won't pick him. Yeah. England won't pick him. So Essex will have the benefit mm. of somebody again who knows exactly how to play the, the condition. I, I disagree. Sorry, I disagree on Nick Brown. He's got an E on the end of his name, and he, he you know, he jazzes it up a little bit. But I want to say also that the, but I also want to say that the beauty of the county championship as well is, you know, a couple of washouts, a side holding you to a board draw, and suddenly you're out the running, and that is, it can be a bit of a lottery. I know leagues are generally the best side wins them, but it can be, uh, you know, it can be an interesting scenario to see. That's sort of what happened last year, wasn't it? Because the split happened a bit too early for Essex to show their dominance. Um, it, I think in a normal county championship season, they would have gone on and won the title last year. Possibly. They had a couple of ropey um, performances and they had a little bit of misfortune. And then they just dominated against every side they played in that in that second tier. 
Somerset were doing very, very well at the beginning of the season and, and then they went off for the 16.4, came back and um, were completely shit and, and lost everything then. So that's what I completely blame it on, of course. But can I just say my tip is uh, Hampshire. They still got bloody Abbas and Abbott. Uh, they have uh, Keith Barker to back that up. He did really well last season. Got Mason Crane... You know, I, I, and then they've got James Vince and they've got Ben Brown, who's did so well at Sussex as well. So, um, you know, I think, you know, one I issue think... for them, one issue for them, Annie, is the same issue that Surrey have, which is that the Aegeus Bowl is a really capricious surface. At mm-hmm. the Oval, if you if you go to the Oval and you're at the Vauxhall end, if the pitch is on the left hand side of the square, it'll be a result pitch. If it's on the right hand side of the square, it'll be 700 play 600. And similarly, at the Aegeus Bowl, they they don't they have pitches that are result pitches. They also have a bunch of pitches that are dead as doornails. I mean, at Hashim Amla batted, was it last season? I think it was for a million. <laughs> that wonderful innings. One out. Oh, it's Mark Church's favourite innings. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it was it was a great innings, but it's possible at the Aegeus Bowl. And I I worry they might get hamstrung. They might have the most efficient bowling lineup for the county mm. championship, but just not be playing on the tracks that give them the results. Maybe they'll be rained off at home and and have lots of away games. I think a lot of sides will be very glad that Nottinghamshire aren't in the top division after the way they performed last year. They were absolutely fantastic and they would fancy themselves for a, a a Division 1 title if they were there. But we all know they aren't because of the way it's split. And I guess that segues us nicely into that second tier where I can't see past them this year. Yeah, uh, they're, they're absolute nailed on certainties. And one of the things I want to say about Nottinghamshire is that I thought they took the restructuring really, really well. Um, you know, if I was a Nottinghamshire fan, I'd have been spitting feathers uh, yes. that because we'd gone from COVID 2019, you know, all due respect to Gloucestershire, and I'm really interested to see how they get on in Div 1. And they really strengthened up, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm fascinated to see how James Bracey gets on in Div 1. But if I was a Nottinghamshire fan, and I'll be thinking, well, what did we do in 2020? What did we do in 2021? And how come everything's been reset three years? In no other sport would this happen. I mean, I suppose in no other time as well because of the pandemic. But mm. they took it really well. And I think it's because they know that this is a very temporary arrangement. They are going to absolutely cruise at the yeah. They're going to destroy their opponents. And their fans, frankly, will have a lot more fun than any other county's fans because as, as, if rain doesn't get in the way, they will win I, I'm predicting it now. Eleven wins, three draws. Okay, you, yep. you better be right. Yep. The two sides I want to discuss are Lancashire, who are always there or thereabouts. They're a strong outfit, and uh, Josh Bahannon is a fantastic batsman, and Tom Bailey as well is a, a really good bowler. Um, but the other one is Gloucestershire, and they look uh, they fancy their chances. They won more games than any other county last year. And they've strengthened. They finished seventh or eighth or quarter finalists in every competition they played last year. And they've recruited really well over the winter. They brought in Marcus Harris, the Australian opening bat, and Nassim Shah, who's rapid. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, Harris came over as an 18-year-old and played a couple of club seasons at Taunton, where I was at. And actually, the first season he came over, he'd just got a rookie contract, was 
a typical Australian, but scored no runs. Looked a million dollars, scored no runs. Apart from the very last game we played against Western Supermare, and there was a chap called David Stiff, a big, tall, fast bowler, England in the 19s. He was on the books at Somerset. His body basically just couldn't withstand the rigours of actually playing cricket. Clue um, was in the name there, Sam. Clue was in the name. Very, <laughs> very much so. But And Marcus just walked towards him. This guy was still bowling quite sharp. He could do that for about five overs. And he was about halfway down the pitch by the time he flat-batted him down the ground. And just, you know, you sometimes can tell with the sound the ball makes off someone's bat. You had that with Harris. He came back a couple of years later. He was in the WA side, scored nearly a thousand runs in about eight or nine, nine games. But yeah, he has just gone strength to strength. Maybe not quite ever going to make it in Test cricket, but in first class cricket, he is a super opener. And that, uh, um, and with Chris Dent and James Bracey, like you were saying, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> could be very Bracey's interesting. This is a huge mm. season for Bracey because mm. he's another one who was completely destroyed by England. We'll recall when he was selected, he was. Ugh. You know, from the noises I've been getting on the county circuit, I mean, I spoke to Will Brown, isn't it, the CEO at Gloucestershire, lovely guy. Yep. And I'd asked him about Bracey a few years back, and he said rather dolefully, oh, he's a wonderful player. I don't think we'll be seeing much more of him in a few years to come. Mm. And I'd watched him, and the Crickviz put out something that said he had the best defensive technique, best, best defensive, basically, against straight balls, he did not get out um, in, mm. in, the, in the entire county championship. And then what did England do? They took a number three batter and they put him at number seven and told him to take the gloves at Lords, the toughest ground in the country to keep. And destroyed him. And mm. utterly destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a massive season for him. Mm-hmm. But if he comes through it, if he doesn't have a sort of Mark Lathwell, I'm sorry to take this back, <laughs> the, the sadder times, I don't want him to be Mark Lathwell. I want him to I want him to be Len Hutton, who scored Norton one on his debut and came back and averaged mid 50s for England this is this is my this is my hope for Bracey he made 100 at Taunton when Gloucestershire beat Somerset last season against the Gregory Overton DeLanger Davy attack I think Leach was playing as well and he never looked like getting out on a pitch you know Taunton's not we all know it's not an easy pitch to bat on anymore particularly with those seamers and he just looked a cut above everyone else really annoying actually it was a little bit and I think he might have made 50 in the second innings to help them chase down it's when Craig Craig Brathwaite was playing he came out in sunglasses despite it being very very murky and grey outside (laughs) I'm loving the scars it's it's so lovely to spend time with Somerset fans because they do not forget the the agony I feel the same way if it's any consolation about a very dear friend of mine Jack Chantry who single-handedly beat Surrey about four years ago when he scored one of his only hundreds and took 12 for in the match and uh, I can't I can't forgive him I cannot (laughs) forgive him He's an umpire this season as well, isn't he? He's gone he to is. the umpiring panel. He's, He's a classic the... case of uh, poacher turned gamekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be a bloody good umpire as well. He's a really, really thoughtful, thoughtful guy on the game. I'm so chuffed for him. I'm well, really he might give Surrey out a lot, so that's fine, you know. And he's like, we're not allowing any anywhere near the Well, I can tell you that for now. <laughs> um, I'm interested that none of us have really mentioned uh, Yorkshire. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. I think Yorkshire's big, big problem is going to be the scrutiny they're under and the state that club is in starting the season. Now, what they might get is a siege mentality. Um, they might feel that the things that have happened at Yorkshire will bring them all together and with Darren mm. Goff there in charge, that could make a big difference. Otis Gibson? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be. They, they've got some very interesting backroom signings, but they've got. To, they're coming from a place where there must be. Um, they must be squeaky clean. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. not easy to be. No. You know, if you want to, if you're going to win stuff against like quite canny sides like Essex and Hampshire, mm-hmm. Surrey. You know, these are teams that have. I've got quite a lot of people who've been playing for quite a long time in that outfit and they've got their own style and their own way of doing things. And with the microscope being on Yorkshire, I think for them just to put in a decent performance, it keeps them, you know, keeps them mid table. They will be delighted with as part of a, of a, a progressing year, really. Yeah. I Matt Fisher think, stays I, fit. Sorry, Dan. Go on. Yeah. I fancy Yorkshire for one of the white balls. I think they've got a good lineup in white ball cricket. I think Harry Brook, is an absolutely wonderful player. And I think uh, I think their side is more suited to white ball cricket this season. Jordan Thompson's another one. He's very impressive up there. All-rounder. And uh, I, think, I think they've got a decent white ball chance. But uh, I think in red ball, I think you're right, Dan. The off-field problems will come back to haunt them. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're in a relegation battle this year. Just one thing on Harry Brook. I agree with you entirely. He's a very exciting prospect, but he's also one of the very few county cricketers whose first name and second name are both legitimate wordle words. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I just hope for them... Yeah, I just hope for them, finally, though, that Matt Fisher can stay fit because he is a wonderful bowler. We've seen that in the test match recently I mean he was really good in September but he's been around for about a decade now he's still quite young but he was the kind of their youngest one of their youngest ever players at 15 but his body hasn't been quite able to stand up to fast bowling so I just hope he can get a full season or as as close to as a full season as a quick bowler can these days. Sam that'd be that'd be amazing if he does because I think he's only ever his longest streak in first class cricket is four matches am I right? Well be it wouldn't surprise me. I think it's four running and that is that's a significant issue. There are very few uh, fast bowlers in, in England that stay fit, really, are there? I mean, you have to be over 35 to be fit by, by the looks of it. So. He's just so unlucky. I'm sure, didn't he rip a ligament or something, like warming up in Durham just comp- uh, at Chesley Street, just completely not doing anything to do with cricket, just a freak injury, just, almost turned and suddenly his shoulder popped out or something like that. It, it, yeah, he feels blighted, but I would say that Actually, you know, a lot of young cricketers are blighted in this generation. And part of it is because the intensity of cricket they play. We forget this. You know, Pat Cummins, magnificent player, but he burst onto the scene, was out for the first two 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 or three years years after that, wasn't he? Uh, And we see this happening more and more with young players. We've seen it with Reese Topley. Um, We've seen it with Ollie Stone over and over again. So it's interesting, isn't it, that Ollie Robinson, who is a guy who had quite a gentle sedate start to his mm-hmm. career professional career in actual fact was fit up to the point of 28 he didn't really have well, he had he had a couple of fitness issues but he's mostly been on a roll where he's played game after game after game but now and he's at the, at the end of it it's broken him <laughs> so there's something about the entire structure of english cricket that takes promising fast bowlers yeah, well, i think we should do is, old and destroys them it should give us a, we should just have 12 counties i reckon Oh yeah, yeah. The fewer fast bowlers to select yeah. from, the better. Yeah, I think that's so much better. Okay, Dan, can you take us through um, and move us on to Division Two? And everyone considered them experts on matters county. 
Certainly. It's uh, who have we got in Division Two? We've got Glamorgan, we've got Derbyshire, we've got Durham, we've got Leicestershire, we've got Worcestershire, we've got Middlesex, we've got Nottinghamshire, and we've got Sussex. Now, I think we're all agreed that Nottinghamshire are going to walk this division, um, but only two go up due to having eight teams in there. Who's your choice for runners-up? Sam Dalling, hit me with it. I don't know if they're my choice for runners-up, but Derbyshire are interesting this year, aren't they? With Mickey Arthur having gone in overseas-wise, I think they've signed really well. Saranga Lakmal's going to come in and he's played 70-odd test matches and actually, although you'd look at his numbers and think he hasn't set the world alight, Two things. A, in the last couple of years, his numbers are actually brilliant. And a lot of the time, if he's been bowling at home in Sri Lanka, it's basically you're giving, you're almost your seam bowler giving the spinners a rest. And then Sean Massoud at the top of the order, Pakistan international, who actually knows English conditions quite well. He was up at Durham Uni and so played a fair bit of first class cricket for them. So I think they'll be fun to, to watch and I'd like to see them do quite well. Mm. Yeah, um, you're right about um, Mickey Arthur's absolutely determined he's going to um, change the face of uh, Derbyshire, isn't he? Uh, which is, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think Middlesex shouldn't be discounted either. I mean, I'm going to say that really, anyway. Dan. Do you think that? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to say that. But honestly, I think uh, they've had a host of batting problems in recent years. So there's no secret about that. But I think that uh, Mark Stoneman, the signing of Mark Stoneman last year was crucial. Mm. Sam Robson. Probably won't get a chance at England anymore. Uh, he's now in his sort of early 30s. Uh, he's a regular thousand runs a year, man. On wickets that aren't always conducive to batting at Lords. And I think Peter Hanscom surely can't have, have as Bet bad you're a you're delighted to see him back Lord. again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to Shaheen Shah Afridi as well. I think he's, uh, he's a wonderful bowler. And uh, I'm Ethan really, Bamber really can't well. wait to see. I, I'm, I'm really keen to see Ethan Bamber, see how he does too. Peter Hanscom is one of the great madnesses of English county cricket over <laughs> the last five or six years. I could not believe my eyes when I saw him playing for Gloucestershire. I thought, you've got the technique of a right-handed Gary Balance uh, and not quite as good an eye. You yeah. stay entirely stuck in the crease. And on English wickets, that is an absolute calamity because... <laughs> Any bit of movement, and he's horribly found out. He looked uh, dreadful yeah. last season. Oh, well, he's looked, he's looked dreadful for Gloucestershire. He's looked dreadful. I don't think English conditions really suit Peter Hanscom, and his haircut is one of the great <laughs> abominations of the modern <laughs> yeah. age. Shaheen Sharafridi in the second division is going to be a serious proposition, and at Lords as well. I mean, if he can work out how to use the slope to his advantage, he's going to be extremely difficult I mean mm. next time Pakistan play and he's he's going to have all the bloody tricks England need to look out uh, and the other thing is uh, Walalawita is now uh, UK qualified he's, he's, he's English yeah. as far as uh, everyone's concerned which is extremely helpful I, I like the look of him he's a very solid left arm it doesn't give much away I know spin isn't hugely significant in county championship because of when they play the games but uh, he's a handy he's a handy spinner to have yeah I'm really pleased for him he's uh, from Potter's Bar Cricket Club up the road from me and uh, they've produced him and George Scott who's at Gloucestershire as well who's a, a good cricketer the one I'm really interested to see in Division 2 this year is Sussex because they've had a bit of an exodus in recent years but they brought in 
Yeah, but they brought in Cheteshwar Pajara and Rizwan. And if the wickets are as flat as they were towards the end of the last season at Hove, I can't see people getting them out. I really cannot. I think they're they're really good players. And, and on a flat deck, uh, it's not the biggest of grounds at Hove either. And I can see them making hay down by the seaside. They've also got um, massive coaching staff, haven't they? I mean, they've brought in, like, um, they've got Ian Salisbury, James Kirtley, Grant Flower, Sarah Taylor. It's really <laughs> incredible, isn't money. it? And I noticed that you have very ungraciously failed to mention one of the, the well, certainly their tallest signing, <laughs> which is my podcast partner, Stephen Finn, who is having a whale of a time down there in Hove. He's loving it. He seems to be enjoying the atmosphere. Um, yeah, I really hope he, he does well at, in Hove, actually. It's fantastic. Well, it, would, it, would be, it would be lovely. And, you know, mm. hopefully they'll let him come down the hill. <laughs> with with his kind of bounce, <laughs> yeah. my my fear for Sussex is that they need that the players that Dan is talking about there. They need them to stay fit and mm. to fire, um, because beneath that is a is basically a kindergarten. I mean, they they took to the field last year <laughs> with a top seven with an average age of under twenty, didn't they? It was something like most, that, wasn't it? It was. It was one of the great records, never mm. to be broken and never will be again. It was extraordinary. Yeah, they've got some good ones though, haven't they? With Archie Lenham, and you're a big fan of t- uh, Tom Haynes, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, little left hander scored a hundred against. I saw him at the Oval against Surrey in the Bob Willis Trophy. I think Jamie Overton hit him. In the head, I think, and he, he took a bit of time to get treated, but then the next short ball from Overton, he just pulled it away for four. He looked brilliant. And they've also brought in one man who kind of straddles that. They, all they're missing is those kind of guys who are 27, 28, 29, who, who know their game. And Finn Hudson-Prentice has come down from Derbyshire, who I really, I really like. I think he looks really good. It'll be interesting to see how he goes with probably a bit more pressure on him to perform because he is their kind of most experienced domestic player almost. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes, both bat and ball. But they're really going to feel loss of Ben Brown and, and, and Phil Salt and, of course, Chris Jordan in the uh, T20 side, aren't they? I mean, that's that's a massive exodus for them. I don't know. And the thing that might... I'd, I'd be really interested as we get to the end of the season if Sussex have managed to compete if they have managed to get into a place where winning a couple of games becomes really important for them to get promoted and let's say Jofra Archer who's been very carefully managed through April, May, June and then has you know played a bit of 100 there's every Mm -hmm. chance because that's partly what they're eyeing up Mm -hmm. but they think you know he's not quite ready to come back into the test team but we want to keep him up our seat for the winter because we think we can get him into the winter and then they don't let Sussex use him. I just see an enormous stink. I can I can God, smell yeah. that stink from September in the future to now. It's not the only stink. <laughs> <laughs> what do people think about Glamorgan? Maynard's doing good things there. Won a white ball trophy. What, Labashane and Nisa back? Signed Harris, signed North East as experienced players? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think they've they've got a chance. I think the thing about the Australians this year, though, is they've just announced a tour to Sri Lanka in June, haven't they? And they're going to lose Marnus for I think about three or four games. The same with Gloucestershire with Marcus Harris as well, uh, and the same possibly with Matt Renshaw because he's just been called into the one day side. So I think. Um, 
I, I think Glamorgan will do better. I think Matthew Maynard's a wonderful coach. And I think what he's trying to instill there is that Welshness as well. He's trying to instill that sort of pride and passion, which is that side that won the, the county championship back in 1997. You look, they had a number of homegrown players and the likes of Steve James, Matt Maynard, Steve Watkin, Robert Croft, people like that. And I think he's trying to sort of recreate that, that pride in the daffodil. And nobody yeah. better to do that than Marnus Labas Chachne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stupid spelling, isn't it? It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, but they've also got Sam Northeast as well, haven't they? Which is one, a, yeah. one, a good a, signing. Yeah. I think he's a terrific signing mm. because he's one of these guys, you know you know what you're going to get. Um, it, he'll probably average about, but in the second division, it could be over 40. But he's, mm. he's solid and dependable. You know what he's going to do. You'll be frustrated with him on occasion. But that's because he's a batter. Mm. Um, he's played Kent for years. He's got a great cricket brain. Gone to Hampshire. Obviously wants to keep playing because he's left. You know, mm. for whatever reason, he's left. So because he w- wants to go on being yep. a county professional. And there's a lesson there for all the people who want to reduce the number of counties that these are jobs and roles that people actually want to fulfil and should yeah. be allowed so to do. Um, and I, <laughs> I think he's... I think he's ideal because if you look at the Glamorgan lineup, there was a joke going around the county commentators uh, a few years back, which was that Nick Webb was the best played commentator on the circuit because Glamorgan would lose inside two days or two days in a session more often than not. <laughs> because <laughs> that batting would just fall apart. I remember a game at Northampton. I think he got out of there by about five o'clock on day two. It was extraordinary. <laughs> he was rolling in riches. He had gold taps, did Nick Webb. And all those, like Saddam Hussein's mansion when he went, went around to his place. Oh, uh, how interesting. Well, I've never been. I've never oh. made all of that up. But, oh, okay. <laughs> apart from the bit about <laughs> the Morgan. I had visions then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, well, I don't think he'd booked any other work for the other two days. So I think he just sort of, you know, enjoyed himself and you know, mm. went on long, helpful walks staring at butterflies or whatever the Welsh do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think what Glamorgan, what Glamorgan chronically have lacked for a few years is just any sense of solidity. There's a kind of obsession with with Chris Cook being brilliant and it being fine, um, but you know, getting like Northeast in having Labashane, they're going to be horribly difficult to bowl they out, are. especially at they that are. ground Absolutely. as well. That's not the easiest place to take 20 wickets. No, but they've got Kieran Coulson's one to watch down there. He's been around a long time now. He made his debut before he was legally allowed to buy a pint down in St Mary Street in Cardiff. But he's a, he's a local lad and he's been around for a long time. I think he's still only 22, 23. But he's a, he's a good batsman. He had a very good year last year. And if he can back that up this year, I think they'll do OK. He's captaining the Royal London, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think he did last year as well, didn't he? They do really good stuff with the uni. I like the way they, they pick up the guys that come through that kind of uni system. Dan Dalfway or Doofway, however you say, is a, a good all-rounder, certainly in Division 2. And there's a chap, oh, I'm going to... Rodri, what's his surname? Quick bowler, been around for years. Can't, again, can't stay fit, but he is nippy, like short... Not not on the level of Mark Wood, but kind of short run up, um, skiddy, quite sh- quick. Rodrigue Smith, maybe. It's eluded. Well, I would go with either Morgan, Llewellyn, or Evans. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have you got a thing about the Welsh? <laughs> I go, well, my auntie, my family, and Uncle Gomer will tell you no, not in the least. So I'm a big fan of the Welsh. Can I just say I'm half Welsh? 
Well, I'm I'm at least an eighth. Is okay, that, good. That's a fraction. See, isn't it? Look you. No, that's very good. Can we move on to Leicestershire? <laughs> Can you do that accent? No, actually. <laughs> that's, that's one that I've never been able to master. Yeah, they've got a few off-field worries, haven't they, Leicestershire? They've got a few uh, few issues there. Um, they've been very, very, very busy over the winter, though, doing loads of good work in their communities and stuff. And uh, I spoke to Paul Nixon last month. Oh, my God, is that man enthusiastic about cricket and county cricket? He's just... Uh, amazing and and uh, I remember him coming down to Somerset last year and them beating us in the Royal London and and the cheers coming from the changing rooms and the singing and everything it was it's uh, really really wonderful to see so um uh, you know if it, if Paul Nixon has his way they'll be uh, doing very well thank you well they've imported in a couple of good South Africans they've got Buren Hendricks who uh, won't get in the test side because they've got Marco Jansen in there now but uh, he's left arm quick They've also got Vian Mulder, who uh, I don't know if they've got a Scully as well, but uh, he's a he's a decent player as well. So Leicester should should do better. Better. Don't laugh, Dan. Don't laugh at his joke. It's not. It's a, it's, it's it's okay. It just had me thinking of former Gillingham manager Paul Scully and wondering if he could be repurposed as a sort of middle order <laughs> nuggety <laughs> something of that sort. But look, the the thing with Leicestershire is that. Uh, Nico, you're absolutely right. Is one of the most enthusiastic men mm. in the world, and their excitement when they win matches oh. is really, really heartbreaking. I remember when um, uh, Ray uh, was commentating in the well, the first time Leicestershire won in about four years, and he broke down in tears <laughs> oh. on, on air. And it was beautiful to hear Richard being, mm. you know, that emotional. But the reason they're that emotional is because they hardly ever win. Yeah. So. Um, we need to remember that. This is the rose-tinted spectacles of late March, early April, imagining what their players can do. The reality of Leicestershire is that it's a long, hard grind. They've got that 17-year-old leg spinner, though, haven't Ray they? Ray and Ahmed. Ahmed I can't wait yeah. to see him yeah. play again. <laughs> Sam, one, one side we haven't discussed, actually, is, uh, is Durham. And I know you've got a soft spot with your Newcastle United shirt hanging on the wall there behind you. But Dave Bettingham's back again. He's a big run scorer last year. And what I want to know, will Peterson be the best Keegan that ever signed in the North East? <laughs> that is good. Um, That's actually good, Annie. You've got to give him that. That okay, is genuinely good. <laughs> How long have you been sat on that one, Dan? <laughs> At least the last 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah Can I we... just say two words about Durham? Chris Rus- Rushworth. There you are. Yeah, well, I mean, we all we all go a bit moist-eyed when we think of Chris <laughs> Rushworth. I wouldn't go that far, Dan. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean he's got that. He's got that. He's got that sort of large David Masters appeal. He's like <laughs> widened David Masters <laughs> and made him a Geordie. But yeah, this is the thing about an early season preview, isn't it? That we can see the good players. David Beddingham. I mean, again, England are going to have their eyes on him because nobody can bat the moment they put on the three lines. So mm. he'll be thinking, I'm about a chance here. And he's, could find himself up on some decent... And Durham is a place where if you score runs, selectors take note because it's a result pitch, but it's not a terror track. It's that it's that beautiful sweet spot. It's like the Goldilocks zone that astronomers talk about, you know, finding the perfect planet for people to live on. It's like 
280 Jeez. plays, 270 plays, 260 plays, 250. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that is like the best possible English wickets you can get. And if you're the bloke who's scoring 80s or 100 on those wickets, then you get noticed. So yeah. I'm thinking more in terms of players, I don't see Durham impacting. So impacting. Sam, why have you got a soft spot for them? Well, I'm from the North East originally. Yeah, but it can't wouldn't. just be that, surely. I went to uni up there. I just quite liked them as a club. It is, it is kind of the area. And I, I quite fancied them to do a little bit in Division 2. They started they was, they was started really strongly last year in the Championship, fell away a little bit. And it's not just Rushworth. It's Ben Rain, I mean, those two are really close as friends. I think they came, when I was up there last year, they just, they came up, they only ever moved around as a pair and came and sat in the press box at the back. But brilliant opening combo. Bryson Cast again, were... It's like a broken record, isn't it? If another quick bowler, if he can stay fit, Bryden Cass will be very good fun. I know he had an operation over the winter that ruled him out of any kind of Ashes or Lions Tour involvement, but he is back bowling. You've got Borthwick, Beddingham's a run machine. Liam Travaskis, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, young player. So I don't know. I think they'll quite fancy their chances. Fancy what, their happen, chances. what happens if Marcus North, who's among the candidates, mm to become director of cricket and you know he's in sort of the top three if he leaves then I mean I don't know that can sometimes bring a club together it can sometimes mean that the vision that you had collectively is suddenly halted and people are wondering oh Mm. they need to bring in someone as good as Marcus North that'll be interesting for Mm. me to see I don't know but Sam Sam, I want to put you on the spot right because I've been on plenty of broadcasts when people predict what's going to happen and you said you fancy them to do well in second division who do you fancy them to finish above of let's have a look I think in division two everyone bar knots I fancy that I'm gonna yeah you're right up there yeah I properly think they're gonna have a go they're a good cricket side Borthwick if I, I don't know the ins and outs of the coaching setup but if Marcus North has done his job properly then it should be okay without him. Richard Dawson said it when he left Gloucestershire. He's like, actually, the club should be able to survive. Everyone should just be able to shift around and move. I, it, the sign of me having done my job properly is that I've set it up for when I'm not there. So, and North's been in the North East a long time. He played club cricket up there. He played club cricket, I think, with Josh Felipe in Newcastle when he came over as a kid. But so... In theory, they should be able to survive it. In practice, in practice. So, so you're, say, you know. you're saying that they're gonna, they, 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 with Chris Rushworth opening the bowling. I love Chris Rushworth, incidentally. Mm. Um, but Middlesex have got Tim Murta. That cancels out your Chris yeah. Rushworth. And they've mm. also got Shaheen Shah Yeah. Okay. Yeah, raise your one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but you've I mean, got Dan, Ray. You, should, you should be you should be getting involved in this. You should be absolutely spitting feathers. He's basically saying that Durham are going to finish above Middlesex. I mean, uh, that's if I was you, that is like bang. But don't start a fight between um uh, my other two co-hosts. Come through the Zoom screen. No hold of him. <laughs> no chance. Middlesex. I'm going to have to round you guys up. I'm afraid because we are running out of time. Yeah, let's move on to the overseas. All right, quickly uh, we'll we... do some overseas stuff. Yeah, we more or less covered the overseas there in Division 2. The only one we didn't cover is Azar Ali at Worcestershire, who I think uh, is a, a fantastic signing. Up into Division 1, and we've got Renshaw and Siddle that we discussed. 
Gloucestershire, Nassim Shah and Marcus Harris, which we discussed. But they've also got Zafar Kahar, the Pakistani left-arm spinner, who's a, a very good bowler and, and did very well on turning tracks at the end of September last year. Abbott and Abbas at Hampshire. Um, Will Young at Northampton. So I won't put a pun in there, I promise. Promise. Um, but but their other overseas signing, Matthew Kelly, might have stars in his eyes, perhaps. But there you go. Um, Hassan Ali at Lancashire. Uh, Jackson Bird is at Kent. Uh, and then we've got Brathwaite at Warwickshire, but he's only coming in for white ball cricket. Duane Olivier at uh, Yorkshire. And um, then, as we said earlier, probably the best, I'm not one for hyperbole, but the best overseas signing of all time, Simon Harmer at Essex. I think he probably is the best ever. I can't think of too many overseas that have single-handedly taken counties to two titles in recent Richard, years. Richard Hadley, but I'll, I'll give you that. Yep, yep. On green tops, prepared for him, Dan. Yeah, here. okay. Don't get bitter about the 1980s, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to move on. We it have. was 35 years ago. <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah. We, any any picks there? Any, any picks for you? Well, I, I think because I haven't said enough about Somerset, I think I'm going to go for Siddle because I'm, I'm really excited about seeing him in Somerset. And uh, I, I like the, the old guard myself. And Sam, who have you got your eye on? Oh, we've talked about a fair few of them before. I mean, I would go Somerset usually. Harris at Gloucestershire, I've talked about him. Um, and you, it's difficult to look past um, a Bats and Abbott at Hampshire too. Yeah. Dan? I'm obviously casting a very beady eye on Kibar Roach because the first couple of games last season, he was nowhere. And then he got somewhere. And then when he got somewhere, he was unplayable. He was absolutely brilliant. And if Surrey can get more out of him, I think he could be really significant. I always believe in a county championship, it's the overseas bowlers that will win you the games. And exactly as you said, Dan, about Simon Harmer being an incredible signing for Essex, that's exactly what he did. Surrey had a similar thing when they had Sackdane Mushtak. It's the bowlers that will win you it. Who do we think is the best bowler there? And I've got to say, Shine Shahafridi, in the second division for Middlesex is there's a lot of exploded pads and a lot of broken stumps that I'm expecting to see this summer. Mm, be very exciting, won't it? It will, actually. And that's what we love about county cricket. Yeah. We've spent uh, six months reliving the Second World War, trying to get through to the start <laughs> of a new life. We're finally yeah. here. The joy, the delight, the magnificence of it all unfolding just as it gets really, yeah. really cold. A blank page with all the stats to be to fill it. It's just it's, too it's beautiful, isn't it? It's and wonderful. we get to meet yeah. and we get to meet up with all our chums again. And yeah. that is really yeah. the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, almost makes brings a tear to my eye. Anyway, uh, just uh, leave me to thank Dan and Sam and, and also wonderful to have you on with us, Dan Norcross. Um, you have been a, a delight and it's been great having you on the show. So uh, thank you so much. It's uh, been a genuine joy to be on. I've been wait, waiting for the invite patiently, <laughs> like Miss Hailsham, Havisham, Havisham, <laughs> Hailsham, Havisham, waiting for, her, waiting for her husband to return. And, uh, and now I've finally done it. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Thank you. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. 
And we won't stop talking We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Podcast Network.